final passage reads on the of the transpire. Darkness will prevail, light expire. This world is full of light. It's a world comprised of many smaller worlds, all connected, stretching as far as the eye can see. One great light protects us all. All worlds share one light, one fate. I take it you're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Yep. In ancient times, people believed that light was a gift from an unseen land. The name of Kingdom Hearts. But Kingdom Hearts was safeguarded by its counterpart, the Keyblade. Warriors vied for that precious light, thus beginning the Keyblade War. All of this was decided. You really think you can change the future? All of this was decided. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. Sounds like your trip around the world opened your eyes, but you got a little bit more than you anticipated. You must have seen a lot of darkness. So you're saying the weak feel the need to justify their actions to maintain a sense of self. You can't let that slide. I suppose letting false light dictate the future might be a pretty lousy move. So, you can make a change. You have that power. What do you want for the world? You believe the world needs you. Sounds like you already know where you're headed. If you truly possess great power, the darkness can't control you. All of this was decided. You really think you can change the future? All of this was decided. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. All of this was decided. Why not just sit back and watch it play out? All of this was decided. May your heart be your guiding key. Who are you really? Some kind of fortune teller. Well, I could lie, tell you that's what I am, when I'm actually a brilliant artist, even a scholar. I could tell you that I dream of world peace, when I'm actually planning for its destruction. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. All of this was decided. You really think you can change the future? All of this was decided. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. All of this was decided. Why not just sit back and watch it play out? All of this was decided. May your heart be your guiding key. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Landy Lodge, episode 201. 
is upon us, and I bring to you some amazing guests. But before we get into that, we got to thank the people who make it all possible. The amazing, beautiful Sages of the Lodge, the beautiful names you see up on your screen right here, are the YouTube channel members or people who donate directly to keep my nonsense going. But anyway, we have some new ones. Uh, Jacob Becker and Crystal Randall are two of our newest sages. Shout out to Hipster Roxas on Twitch for following and hitting us with that prime subscription. Gotta love that. I see we got a lot of early birds in here, so I guess, you know, without further ado, without further ado, I think it's time we introduce today's amazing guests. You know them. You love them. They're part of the sickos and the normies. We got Kokiri and Treehouse in the lodge today. Boys, what's going on? How are you? Why can't I hear you guys? Did you unmute yourselves? Unmute yourselves. Usually I'm the one who forgets. I, I'm, do, I'm doing pretty I'm doing pretty swell. There what's going is, on, y'all? Thanks, thanks, thanks for inviting me. Dude, of course, you know you're always welcome here. Anytime we talk anything remotely Zelda, remotely Nintendo Mario. You know we gotta have you in the lodge tree. Uh, you're still muted, my true. friend. I don't know if that's intentional. If you're sparing us, uh, no. There I think, he is. I think my computer. I think my computer's just glitching out. I I said for uh, you know because I'll say it again. Uh, what a time to be alive. Uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it, dude. You yeah. know, uh, I gotta give just one more quick shout out before we start. Uh, the reason we've all come together is actually lands of masters. So. Lands messaged me randomly and he's like, hey, I got a talking point for you. And I was like, all right, shoot. And he says, 2023 might have been Nintendo's best year ever. And I thought about it for a little while. And I'm not sure I necessarily agree, but I do think it's one of their best years of all time. Not just financially. I think the quality of the product they put out uh, also, I think, is this is one of their better years, especially in the last decade. So before we get into some of our favorite ta favorite games from the year, maybe some of our biggest letdowns of the year, overall as a year, how does 2023 Nintendo reflect on you guys? Uh, the thing is, though, it's like I, I think it's obviously been fantastic, but you can't you can't let Nintendo know that because it also like. It kind of scares me with how well they're doing. Like, I know that sounds pretty negative. Like, they they have done so much, like, renovation with their brand from the Switch. Like, I think the Wii U was, like, just a huge wake-up call at the perfect time for them to do things they didn't want to do. And I think that's kind of why they've been, like, really successful recently. And I don't want to, like, just quote because of the Mario movie. But I think they built so much momentum into the Switch's lifespan leading up to this year that when they released the movie, it's like all the work they did, they let people know who Nintendo really was while all of these games were available at this time. So it's also like another way of big exposure. It's like it's way cheaper to go to the movies than it is to buy a game, right? So it's like if you get all these people into the series or even a smaller bit to know who Nintendo is and what Mario is and what that means. I think they like obviously won from the income they made from the movie, but they're just like, they're killing it everywhere right now. So the momentum is uh, from the switch is like, 
is kind of slowing down, but in terms of like the company itself, this is probably like their their peak right now with everything considered from the Switch's lifetime. I don't mean to be picky, but it's like you kind of have to define like what success means of too. Course. Like, is it like how much money they made this year, or like the best games they threw out? Well, yeah, I mean, it's I think not it, just money. It's about how are you is setting yourself up for the future too, right? You could have a big right. financial year in twenty twenty three, but if you upset your entire audience and fan base, then it's not a good year overall. You know what I mean? Right, right. But I think, you know, with the movie, the games that they've released, like everything they've been making available for Nintendo, this is probably like, probably they're, they're in their prime right now. Um, so I would, I would say it's their, their best year for sure. Really? All right. Kokiri, where do you come out on that? Well, you know what? I honestly agree with white with everything that tree said you know like honestly like like with the movie coming out and like their games revealing you know this is definitely what nintendo has to offer like usually like in terms of like whenever they actually make like a new direct and stuff like you know they always tend to deliver they want to give fans what we want you know because like now then you know like you know some people have been like begging and pleading for like you know like oh give me a remake of this or a remaster like you know, all that good jazz. But, like, honestly, you know, like, with this year, like, with, the, like, you know, as Trey said, you know, like, with the movie coming out and, like, Nintendo just, like, dropping so many games, you know, this is definitely, like, definitely has been, like, the peakest so far, like, in terms of sales and, like, like new announcements and, like, upcoming releases that we've actually have had so far. Yeah, I mean, you have to consider, like, in one year, they not only dropped a mainline Zelda title, they also dropped, like, an international blockbuster of an animated film. You know what I mean? I like, yeah. And that's a big deal. I mean, both of you kind of brought it up in your responses there, but it's like, this wasn't just a big year in terms of game and software sales. They broke into a whole other medium. They put up Pixar numbers. That's a big mm. deal. Like, you know, like it's a really big deal. It, exactly. And like you said, also, Tree, go ahead. No, no, oh, shoot, yeah, fire ahead. away. Oh, no, no, I, I was, I was going to say also, it's like, yes, they've been super well, like financially they've take, I, in my opinion, they've kind of taken the most risk this year too. They, they risked holding on to tears of the kingdom and releasing it for the switch. They okay. went into the movie market and something that may not seem like a big deal, but it's actually huge to Nintendo is that, they totally changed a 2D Mario game, right? They did. Like, like okay, Mario so Wonder. You played Wonder because I, I am curious about this. I, I was, obviously me. <laughs> Before, yeah, obviously me. Um, honestly, you know, it's a really major step up to the formula, though. I mean, I know like a lot of us were kind of like, you know, um, pretty upset when when Charles Martinet actually retired from voicing. You know, the characters that we've all grown up with, like with Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, you know. And honestly, you know, I got to give credit, you know, where it's due to to the new guy right now who's voicing both Mario and Luigi right now. Like, honestly, you know, you know, it's kind of like has that same replication that that Charles gave us in Super Mario 64, you know. But but honestly, in terms of like adjusting to the 2D formula, you know, for Wonder, like, honestly it really delivers like, cause you know, we haven't had a mainline 2d Mario game since super Mario bros. U, and that was on the Wii U in 2012. Like everything else has been like, Oh, here's super Mario bros. U deluxe on the switch, you know, and all this other stuff. But yeah, it's, it's been like 
over like 11 years since they had a brand new 2D Mario game for that long. That's actually kind yeah. of crazy to think about. Because, yeah, anything that's come out between now and then has been some kind of a remaster or some kind of a port. This is really the first time they've gotten a chance to sort of reinvent the wheel or readdress the 2D formula in some way. I want to give a shout out to Cornflakes, who says Kevin Afghani is the new voice actor's name, by the way. Yeah, uh, that's his name. Yeah. Yeah, got to give credit where it's due. I mean, it seems like nobody... Like, don't get me wrong, we'll always miss Charles. That man is an integral part of all of our childhoods. But, you know, those are big shoes to fill. And it seems like coming away from Wonder, he managed to fill those shoes and not be the conversation, which is, you know, that's probably the best you could hope for, right? Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. And the thing is, you know, like, it kind of, you know, shows, like, you know, like, to me, what I was thinking about, it, you know, like, with the movie, because, like, like, I was thinking about what um what what Charles actually says in the voice of one of his characters because um uh, for anyone who does not know um he also voiced the guy who actually looks like Jumpman but also Mario's dad so like when he delivered in that last line the ending where he points to Mario and Luigi's like these are my boys you know like 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 to us fans that really means a lot like this is like the voice of these characters that we grew up with like since like since 1996 you know for like for like a really long time. Yeah, it felt very sort of passing of the torch kind of setting about it when he got to voice basically their dad and be like, these are my boys, kind of like passing it on to the next generation, yeah. which is something these movies are really good for. Like, Tree, I know we've had podcasts where we talk about the function of those Detective Pikachu movies or the Detective yeah. Pikachu movie was really to be this idea of like, okay, a, a parent will take their kids to this and this is can be like a passing of a torch kind of right. a moment of like, hey, I grew up with this franchise and now we can experience it together. And again, part of that movie's message was again, like Pokemon Mm. is something you pass along to your children, which of course they have their own reasons for wanting to establish that, but it's still a good sentiment. That's what Nintendo is, is about their, I mean, they've been making amazing first player games, but they're all about playing with people and like, they're really about that interaction. But it's also like, it's just a new... Like, you can, like, what you were talking about, Kakiri, was great with the Mario movie about, like, passing the torch. Like, it's mm-hmm. great to see references like that in the movie, but also there have been so many passing of the torch moments behind the scenes that have also been happening at Nintendo. And you can obviously, like, feel that when you're playing these games. Yeah. Like, Mario's Wonder was, like, a bunch of young developers really working on the game, and they find out all the little details and added something to it to really make it refresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that engine for Mario Wonder is the same engine they use for Tears of the Kingdom, which is wow. also which is also wow. pretty crazy. Yeah, that is my so, That's impressive. it's the same as Tears. It's the same as Tears of the Kingdom, and it's the same as Splatoon. Um, and I forget the other game. It also is, it, is Xenoblade as. the other one? No, can't. Be. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's also like all these Yo, like just just what's up? Josh Z in the chat got to shout it out said another passing of the torch moment was Ash retiring from Pokemon. Yeah. You know? Josh, don't make me cry. No. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> God damn it, Josh, you did it again. Josh, you're doing it again. You just got to bring it up. We just but, need Big Pika retired next. We do. Yeah, <laughs> get his ass out of here. Pay my rent. Yeah. But that's what's interesting about it, right? Is like it was not only such a good year for them in terms of, say, their, you know, whether we're talking about the Pokemon show relaunching, Mario movie, Tears of the Kingdom, it it appears to me, and we can get into 2024 itself, 
but it appears to me that Nintendo has really set themselves up good for the future. Now, 2024, in my opinion, is lacking in terms of first-party Nintendo stuff to get excited about. Like, I can't even mm -hmm. think of the first thing to expect in 2024, except for maybe a Zelda remaster, which, don't get me wrong, yeah. I'd be more than happy with that, be it Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, whatever it's got to be. But, you know, yeah. when you think about, you know, Tears of the Kingdom setting itself up, like, people are going to be playing that game for years. Like, that game's got oh, a good amount of shelf life on it, you know? Even people who have yeah. put 200 hours into it, there's still plenty for them to go do and discover. Uh, the Mario mm -hmm. movie is just the beginning. We we all know that. We know that's just the beginning of what they're going to do with that. Mario Wonder is this new 2D experience, which is seemingly going to yeah. set the gold standard for 2D platformers for Mario moving forward. Um, exactly. Then you got to think about, like, the fact that, look, we don't have Metroid Prime 4 yet, but they remastered Metroid Prime 1. Like, they... Yeah. they which is not easy to do. Not easy all. to do. No, and, it is not. You know, my big gripe with Nintendo, and it shows my age, is I feel like a lot of my favorite IPs are just getting left behind. And I know, mm -hmm. even though the talk with Metroid Prime 4 has been swirling around Nintendo for probably close to a decade at this point, um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of Metroid fans were worried they're next. Like, you know, like they're next on the chopping dude, block. Now, they got Metroid dude, Fusion, the, yeah. which is pretty good, though. Well... Dude, if you're but if you're a Metroid fan, I mean the Switch is your favorite system because they have released so much yeah. on the Switch for Metroid that they haven't for any other any other console. I mean, you compare I it to the Wii and the Wii U, you know, it's nothing. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like I have I have a whole theory about Metroid Prime Four. I don't know if I want to really get into it, but I will say that um, I think like. It's just I don't I don't like one year to me is just so short I guess to talk about like the success success of the year which I think it is but I just think the Switch has just been so consistent compared to every other Nintendo console it's like maybe like the first 2 years into the Switch they've just been having bangers after bangers after bangers well, and it's like they they I think they figured out some type of formula that really works right now too and like where it's no coincidence that they were on that momentum their numbers were up the best they've been in a long time and when they released the mario movie now we're getting you think it's a coincidence we just got mario wonder and then we're gonna get the rpg and then we're gonna get princess peach you know dive into the mario lore and yeah. it's all part of them just planning out their own success so that's why I think this year is so big too, because it's like all these, like with the movie, the release of this, have King Tears of the Kingdom here, like best game of the year, possibly. They're just, I mean, they're they're kind of unstoppable right now too, and they're really in their own market if you think well, about it as well. I, I think part of what's given them so much success. I remember when the Switch first came out, and you know we had Mario Odyssey and we had Breath of the Wild, but that was really it in terms of That's first it. party content for oh, a yeah. long time. But now mm -hmm. we've hit this stride where it seems like every few months there's a new Nintendo first-party game come out. And that's what I think Nintendo's at their best. I think Nintendo's at their best when they're putting out a bunch of first-party content because I think that's what separates them from the other consoles. I think that's what separates them mm -hmm. from Sony. It's what separates them from Microsoft is they're not just right. publishers and they're not just mm -hmm. platforms. No, they own this IP and they develop it in-house. And again, whether you're looking at Fire Emblem 
which started off the year, I believe it came out in January, Fire Emblem Engage, which yeah. I much preferred Three Houses, but I can tell you without a doubt, the gameplay in Engage was remarkable. Like I've only just started dipping my toe into Fire Emblem since the Switch yeah. put out Three Houses, and now I played the right. Game Boy Advance one, and I want to maybe get my hands on some of the GameCube titles. But right off the bat, Fire Emblem pumping out a new first-party title, a new mainline title, which did very well. Again, mm. wasn't wasn't as much for me as Three Houses was, but they started off the year hitting <clears throat> it like that with Fire Emblem, which is, you know, look at both. Here's two good examples. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but look at Fire Emblem and Pikmin. You know what I mean? These are two IPs, mm -hmm. which if you go back to the GameCube era, very niche. But today, yeah. these are two of the biggest IPs in all of gaming. And like, yeah. that's what Nintendo mm -hmm. has accomplished. That Maybe mm -hmm. they've kind of abandoned F-Zero and Star Fox, but what they've done yeah. is they've taken things like Pikmin, <clears throat> Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, things that were niche on GameCube and turn yeah. them into just yeah. like absolute, you know, top, top shelf bangers. Dude. Yeah. Let me, so yeah. let me tell you something real quick. So my best friend, Anthony, we grew up together. We're cousins. He loves the Wii U and he loves Pikmin. And when they made Pikmin on the switch, it was like the re it was like the, the remake or the re re-release of it or something like that. The port, the numbers from that were like five times the numbers of the Wii U, obviously. And he was like, he was like, the Wii U's so good. Like, people just don't don't know what good is. You know, they don't have a good console, but they make great games. Like, I love Pikmin, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what they're doing is like, we don't see it just with a game or two, but they're taking their momentum and their success of the Switch with the numbers of users they have, and they're finally doing stuff to get people to know the brand of their IPs. And we've seen with other companies just taking IPs and putting it onto their console and then they just don't do well. It's something about how Nintendo knows how to put a perfect spin on it and push it out, which is just like no other company can do. So I'm just like, I'm also really thankful like they've been doing well the past couple of years and I don't know what they could do moving forward. But dude, do you know how hard it is to have that much momentum for this long too because people are like oh you know this is the year like you're gonna start seeing glitches on like tears of the kingdom it's gonna hold the game back it's like it's the complete opposite like they're still just thriving on everything they push you know so like me i've never played super mario rpg but i'm playing that shit same dude. yes same. As, sure. as you should yeah, yeah. As you should, you i'm know, excited I've, dude yeah, yeah like i just like recently i just it. finished yeah i know like recently i was telling landy like you know, I recently just finished um, streaming and completing the original on the oh, Super Nintendo. Nice. This is kind of get like a refresh, you know, yeah. and like, but like during like my whole entire refresh, like I've been telling people since like day one, like when I first started streaming the original, I said like, hey, you know, like, like, you know, like you don't need to be a Mario fan to play the remake from RPG. Like if you just love like, like, like a lot of stuff that Square Enix has been bringing to the table, like with. Final Fantasy 16, they done this year and like yeah. a bunch of other stuff. But I was like, you know, like if you just love like a good turn-based RPG, but also you want to like represent Goddess Yoko coming back again to to like you right. know bring back the music. I'm like, just like just give it a shot, you know? Like mm -hmm. it's it's so worth your time. And dude, well, it, it's kind of crazy because I've been thinking about this a lot because you know, like 
Gino has been like super high up on the Smash charts for being in the game yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, so I, I have been thinking about that since they announced the remake. And I think, you know, whatever, I'm not saying there's going to be a new Smash or anything like that. But let's say if he does get in the game in the future, I think it's better to make a remake of this game and let people know he's really from that kind of instead of originally like or not originally but people are gonna be like oh yeah the guy in smashes in this game it's cool they're doing this remake because like i just i don't know about the character and i want to know him from like the original game and this remake just from what i've seen looks pretty faithful is is would that be accurate because I've, I've never played the first one um, yeah i mean i feel you know like you know you know like there are you know some people who don't really know much of like who who Gino actually really is. And like, you know, cause like mm-hmm. every time you like, when you see like a new character get announced, you know, like, you know, like for like, for like smash, you know, you want to like, you know, you want to get to know them and know like what game series they're yeah. from. You know, like like right. seeing like, like, you know, like seeing like Banjo Kazooie, for example, like, you know, there weren't, there's probably not many right. people who haven't even played Banjo, you know, mm-hmm. or like same, like, I mean, like with, when smash 64 came out, you know, when Ness got dropped at his playable character, like, like what everybody was like, you know, like, who is this kid? Like, like yeah. no one's played Earthbound before, you know? So right. that's what I'm thinking, you know, like it just to help, like, honestly, you know, if they were to like do something like a remake for smash, you know, like this honestly can really increase Gino's chance chance because, right. you know, because without a doubt, you know, you know, some people tend to forget that, that Gino is actually is a score Enix character. though. So, yeah. so honestly, yeah. it would be, it would be good to have like another, like, a representative like from from square enix getting the next match right how, so what do, yeah i i didn't know he was from square so like how do you guys do, do you guys think like nintendo had to talk to square about the remake or you know like, that's that's what's really good funny because you know like on the box it says like developed by square or something right on the original it's yeah like, it does right right that's what i remember well funny story yeah, was, i actually believe that when that um when square wanted to retrieve the original code for super mario rpg they lost it i think it got lost in the squaresoft enix merger but nintendo keeps a heart keeps a keeps a copy of the source code of every game so square had to reach out to nintendo to retrieve some of the stuff from super mario rpg um i think as far as this remaster is concerned i think square enix has been for the most part, left out of it. I think they're accredited. Right. The credit is due, yeah. But I don't uh-huh. think Square Enix's name is going to be on that box. I think they'll get credited right. for Gino in the credits, True. but I don't okay. think they are. Probably. I don't think they're a part of this release at all, at least professionally right. speaking. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Because, like, to me, like, I've I've obviously never played the game, but something about that like Square logo on the box art was kind of iconic with Mario and like. I don't know. I think that's like super cool. And if Square was involved with anything, it just kind of shows how well Nintendo and Square's relationship has been the past several years too. They've always you know? had a good relationship. The problem the problem is that Square Enix wants to make games that are that need top of the line hardware. You know, yeah. like yeah. pre pre PS1, Square Enix put everything out on Nintendo consoles, but once Sony yeah. was willing to offer discs, they were like, "All right, now we can make that Final Fantasy game that's yeah. three discs long that we always wanted to. Exactly. Because it really came out all the time on Nintendo consoles. They yeah. did. The Final you know. Fantasy games and stuff too. But they, dude, they had, Nintendo had to fuck up on seven. 
They really, they, they really, they really did. They really did. You know, because like, you know, cause it was funny though. You know, because it was funny. You know, like we're freaking about. <laughs> oh my god! I don't god. know why that's so funny to me. Because oh I could just see them going shit. Like, damn it! <laughs> well, is that meaning like, eh, you know, I just don't think Final Fantasy is gonna catch in the West. I just don't think it's gonna work. And then nah. Seven comes out. And they're just like, oh. Damn. <laughs> I know. Because it was, it was always left on the table. It was always the disc and the cartridge versus the cartridge, and now it's like you know. Back well, then, if they were like, if we just waited one more year, <laughs> one more fucking year. Well, that's what's so oh cool about God. modern Nintendo. It's like revenge of the cartridge, right? It they, is. They really yeah. They went to discs for a while, but they were like, screw this. We were at our best when we did cartridges. We're going back to cartridges. And like to be fair, uh, I saw somebody in the chat said that year to year, Nintendo is up on selling Switches in Japan this year. Like they're selling more oh, wow. Switches in Japan this year than they have previous years, probably because of the movie, because of Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. because of yep. the OLED model. Just there's a lot that of exposure, different factors. Man. Exposure. Yeah. Again, a lot it's of different huge. factors circulating. And it's kind of crazy to think they've sold 130 million Switches. They're yeah, almost the best-selling console of all time. I have the numbers mm. pulled up. Yeah, PS2 is at 155 million. They just got to sell 26 million more. I mean, that's a lot of product to move. But yeah, but Chris, but the holidays, man. I mean, they pushed it right at the perfect time. They know when they do best too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I Gosh. think uh, I just—it's crazy to think about, dude. It's crazy to think dude. about. But I mean, I, again, I want to ask your guy, ask you guys. You're like. Yeah. Your biggest hit sure. and your biggest blunder of the year before we move into 2024. So maybe we could get okay. kind of get those out of the way for 2023 for Nintendo's sake. And the movie does count, by the way. It doesn't have to be a video game. But what was your biggest hit for Nintendo this year? And what was your biggest disappointment, if any? You know, maybe they've maybe they're batting a thousand for you. I don't know. Um, obviously for me, you I mean you know me, I gotta say. Tears of the Kingdom, you know, I'm the, you know, Tears of the Kingdom was like, was like a commercial success, like pretty much iconic. like everything. Yeah, it was so iconic, like everything they took, like from Breath of the Wild and like expanded upon it, like, you know, like having like a new vision of Hyrule. That's something we didn't get a chance to see in the original game back in 2017 and like going to like to explore the underground, like underground chas chasms. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, like Nintendo did not have to do that that was not yeah. necessary but like it's crazy honestly it was like the most like beautiful and well-defined 3d zelda game that we won because a lot of people you know back then like you know like had some issues like with the original breath of the wild like saying like how it kind of lacked the story like you know gave us like better dungeons like a better fight you know against ganon and then you know you know big shout out to ijonoma and fubayashi just saying you know what here you go Tears of the Kingdom, you know, we're going to br bring Ganondorf back to life and everything else. But, like, honestly, they really cooked this year, like, with Tears of the mm -hmm. Kingdom. Like, this is my fucking game of the year. Yeah, man. I think I'll start with the, like, I think the movie is probably the biggest thing because it's just like, uh, it's like Nintendo, but it's just like, it's like just cinema history too mm -hmm. for them to go out there and do that. And I think it really shows with a lot of, I think it inspires a lot of other 
creators for games to make movies because when Mar- when the movie released, the critics hated it, but the audience loved it. It was yeah. for the fans, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not super into it, but I've been looking around and stuff, and you kind of see that same example with the Five Nights at Freddy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the critic score was awful, but the fan score was amazing, and the directors were so involved with the like the the game's original writer wrote the film and they checked it over and they really focused on producing the film for the fans and you know Miyamoto did the same thing with the Mario movie and I know they thought about that too so I think when you get like a movie like the Mario movie and it goes out and it's that successful it really inspires other creators but it's also like it inspires other creators to do that it just pushes the Nintendo brand forward because all people who have heard like, oh, I'm going to go buy a Nintendo. It's like, it's like, wait, you can kind of show them what that is. Like, what are they buying? You're buying Mario. Oh, who's this little, this little rat bastard toad right here with the diaper on? <laughs> you know, like, like, it's just such a huge deal for Nintendo to do that well because it's reflecting in everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest no of the year, I'm going to have to say is Pokemon. Um, mm. Even though that's like, even though, you know, it's like technically not Nintendo, but it also is. It's Nintendo. It's, it's Nintendo. I It's, it's, it's Nintendo, dude. Like Scarlet and Violet, like just was not the move for me with, and the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, like what was her, I, I didn't get a chance to play the DLC, but what was the reception it got so far with Teal Mask? I think I think a couple people said it like just ran about the same, like really? and that's and I think that's the the problem is that yeah, it's just because I know same. we have I know we have one more coming out the the Indigo Disc that I comes out in December yes yeah mm-hmm. so that comes out in December but I I was kind of like I was hoping Nintendo would regulate a little bit more on the on Game Freak for what they do be, considering how much like copies it sells for the switch how many system sellers it makes Mm -hmm. for the switch um so we'll see what happens i was also pretty shocked like i know it's not this year it was last year or two years ago i can't really remember but like pokemon bdsp sold better than legends arceus and that to me is like dear god they're gonna do it again Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like they're either they're gonna do it again and they're not really gonna care because scarlet and violet beat bdsp so it's like i think that's that was kind of the biggest blow for me of this year was just the, the other than detective pikachu of course yeah. i love that but like for mainline games i was gonna say content, i'm surprised I, you didn't say detective pikachu was your was your big hit of the year well well it, it is but it's like for for like nintendo like that's my personal like that's my personal thing but i think for like the company of nintendo that was their biggest the w big for the year yeah, yeah, that was that was it. Yeah, I'm with you. So. I think even with the success of Tears of the Kingdom, the movie is ultimately the biggest dub. But for me, right. I'm with you, Kokiri. Like, Tears of the Kingdom was my biggest win for Nintendo this year. Like, yep. You know, as someone who it's like, uh, I don't think Tears of the Kingdom is my favorite Zelda, but it's still an immaculate one. It's still like an incredible one. And the fact yep. of the matter is the gameplay breakthroughs those developers came to in Tears of the Kingdom is stuff we're going to see in games. Just like with Breath of the Wild, where you saw those Breath of the Wild clones popping up. You watch. Right. Tears of the Kingdom clones are coming. 
where, oh, puzzles that can be solved multiple ways with these different mechanics. Oh, suddenly, and you're, you watch, you watch a few years from now, every protagonist is going to have the, the cursed arm, right? The, the power arm, the arm that lets them do everything, yeah. right? Yep. The, the lore version of the power glove, you might say. But um, <laughs> the, the Tears of the Kingdom was just, uh, I, again, there are things, I guess, like, anyway, I could go, I could talk, go, Kira, you know this, I could talk Tears of the Kingdom all night. Oh, absolutely. I can just go on forever. Right. I, I could be here all night talking about that game. Mm -hmm. When I do my yes. game of the year stream, it's, it's going to pretty much come down to that for FF16. I just got Octopath Traveler 2, which I hear is a, is a yes. worthy candidate. So I can't wait to give that a little bit of a whirl. But that was my biggest win. My biggest L was, was fucking Fire Emblem, dude. Like, I don't know. Really? Okay, I love Three Houses. Like, I do. I, yeah. And I've always liked strategy games. Like, I grew up playing Shining Force on Genesis. That's how much that that's oh I, that, I remember that those one. are my RP strategy RPG roots, um, uh, and then by proxy I, I just fell into Fire Emblem the last few years, and Three mm. Houses to me was just so cool because like dude I you guys and anyone who comes to this podcast this channel knows I love a good story I love a good story in games I love a story mm. that can keep you talking for hours after you finish that and the Three Houses story exactly. man. Like there's so much moral ambiguity and just yeah. you know ph philosophical you know interrogation of ideas just baked into this game of three different viewpoints clashing at once. I loved it so much, and then I just play Engage, which had better gameplay. There's no question the gameplay of Engage better than Three Houses, better than most strategy RPGs I've ever played. But the story of Engage. To me was just dog shit characters wow, were good don't dang. get me wrong enjoyable characters lovable characters lovable interactions but all of those things don't make a good story the story was a snooze fest and wow, after what three houses gosh. delivered and after what the game boy advance game delivered and playing that in nintendo switch online yeah. i was incredibly disappointed so I thought I was ready to be a gun ho. Like, I was ready to be branded as a Fire Emblem fan. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready, Nintendo. You had me in the palm of your hand to be a day one Fire Emblem guy for the rest of my life. But you, you ruined it on you ruined it on shot one. My shout out to Josh C. Just dropped a $5 super chat on us. Says what's crazy oh, is that Nintendo Ooh. has a theme park with Universal, the company that tried to sue them, claiming DK was King Kong copyright infringement. That's amazing. Oh, that. Wow. So like 40 years ago, they tried to universal sued Nintendo Damn. over the King Kong copyright. And now 40 Damn. years later, they're at Nintendo's doorstep. Like, could we use your IP for our theme parks, please? Wow. It's kind of crazy. That's cause cool. You, it's kind of crazy because Universal pulled a Nintendo on Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> also, um... I think it was uh, Gerudo-san in chat. So, like, for Nintendo, the Mario movie, I thought, was, like, the most important for them. Personally, the biggest W was the Detective Pikachu Returns. I'm a huge Detective Pikachu fan. Um, I played the shit out of that game, like, for three days straight, and uh, I fucking, I loved it. Um, so, I actually, I was just unpacking a lot of my stuff. I found this bootleg Detective Pikachu figure. I got, like, 
a couple years ago. And I was like, dang, this kind of looks better than the Amiibo. Like, he, he's got, like, a whole, like, little cloak on. He's got, like, a magnifying glass. It's really cool. But, um, but yeah, I, I hope they do... I hope they do another game. But I also hope if they do a movie, they take, like, the vibe from the, from the game and put it in the movie. Because I didn't really like the whole vibe from the movie with Ryan Reynolds. I thought what made Detective Pikachu pretty cool and Detective Pikachu was how chill it was with just coffee mm. and like little side jokes. It was like, hey, Tim, you like that girl? She's high. like, she's hitting on you. She looks good. It's like it's coming from a Pikachu. You know, it's like I want like I want a Pikachu to have like a deep voice like in the game. Huh? You know, like I don't want the, I don't want Ryan Reynolds. I want I want the original OGs. From is the that game. the is that the pile of like Scrooge McDuck money Nintendo sitting on? They don't even know it. It's like, hey. There's so many ways to engage with the Pokemon universe. Why yes. not explore these more? And to be fair, they have, you know, Pokemon Snap isn't anything new and they have these ways. But I like what mm-hmm. you're saying where it's like, you can you can do almost anything. Like, you're, guys like you are right. happy to run around the Pokemon world playing detective. You know, you don't got to collect badges yeah. and be the very best. Right. You're happy to be detective with a deep voice Pikachu. You know, how yeah, many more well, things thi- can you think up like that? Well, it's like, it's like, you know, I, uh, like you, like you were my streams a couple times. Like I would just, I would just go around and you would talk to people and it was like, it was the like chill, but very witty writing of stuff they would just throw in there. And I'm just like, dude, like, you know, like this has voice acting that game, you know, your mainline yeah. game doesn't, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Um, but I, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, that's kind of crazy. This has voice acting and this yeah. game doesn't, but, um, it just shows like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny where people were like, they were like, oh my gosh, like detective Pikachu, these graphics are so bad. And I'm like, I'm like, you're a Pokemon fan. When have you ever cared about graphics? It's like, it's like the only graphics that have been good were like through third party games, like poke, like the new Pokemon snap that's Bandai Namco. Poke yeah. Tournament, that's from Bandai too. You know, Pokemon Unite is a pretty good looking game for what it is. It's like, you know, I don't know. I thought I thought that shit was kind of funny. Like Coliseum looked amazing with the mm-hmm. animations back in the day. That was the sorority. Yep. You know, um but yeah, so I I just hope like if they do another like let's say like slash Nintendo slash Pokemon, the next live action Detective Pikachu film, I hope they just refresh it. And they get the same voice actors and they stick more to the vibe of the game than like a futuristic city with like super detailed Pokemon. Because I think that's what has made the fans really just like the game. But it is what you were saying, Landy. It is refreshing to play like a game where you're just you're listening to characters talk and you just go around and you have coffee. And man, that's all you kind of need to get people to have fun. (laughs) Right. So. Well, it's but all yeah, about immersion at the end of the day, right? Like with worlds like the yeah. Pokemon world, it's about being immersed in it. However you do that, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's like you said, whether you're mingling, drinking coffee, gathering clues, or, you know, running around the wild area. So, look, we're about 45 minutes in. I want to talk about Nintendo's 2024, a year that I think is setting up to be very slow for them compared to the last couple of years. Unless, guys, is there anything Nintendo has on the docket in 2024 that I'm not thinking of because I can't think of anything off the top of my head other than like maybe Metroid Prime 4, but I don't even want to go down that road. So, so is there anything with 2024? Like, how's Nintendo's 2024 looking? Um, It's looking pretty solid, though, because I know like, you know, this summer 
like you know for the summer direct you know like like nintendo fans are mostly mario fans in general like you know like myself like we've been eating like pretty good this year you know like you know like this year we had the mario movie we have you know mario rpg remake coming out mario wonders here like you know but also like in terms of next year's lineup i mean i know we got that everybody went over heels head over heels with this one especially including myself definitely is like the remake for paper mario the thousand year door yeah, it's like honestly it. that game is just so huge. mind-blowing that, that played a huge part of like a lot of people's childhoods including myself and like mm-hmm. like so honestly like being able to like go back to the roots to what to what people wanted for like a paper mario game because like it just i was like okay like because i at first like okay i don't think nintendo's going to deliver because you know nowadays like with the modern paper mario games that we had like with sticker star and color splash and origami king they've kind of been like a little bit of hits and misses with with paper mario now and then but now that they're like going back to the roots of what fans have been asking for for years i'm just like okay this is definitely is something that they're bringing to the table for next year and i think it's it, it'll be like a great maybe good summer title for us to bring because i do know like you know we still got uh, princess peach showtime and like the remake for luigi's mansion dark moon mm-hmm. coming and out Ma- mario so, versus donkey kong yes that too that too yeah. But that's what I mean, though. It seems like a lot of what they have lined up is just kind of like offshoot Mario stuff. Not counting Thousand Year Door. I think that's their big heavy hitter. I think that's going to hit harder than Mario, Donkey Kong, Princess Peach, and Luigi's Mansion. I actually think Thousand Year Door will sell upwards 5 million plus copies. I really believe that. Oh, Um, absolutely. I agree. But I think they're going to need more than that. And it's like, you see how Mario is lining up like this? Do you think what they're doing with Mario here, we might see them do with the Zelda series? Like, for Mario, it's Thousand Year Door. Do you think they'll get a Wind Waker for Zelda? And, like, you, you kind of see what I mean? Kind of make this a year. Because let's be honest, the Switch is on its last legs. They're getting ready to launch the next console, which maybe that's a big part of next year. Not to get anyone's hopes up, but maybe that's what they have planned. But it seems like the Switch is at the end of its life cycle. You're not going to get any new first-party bangers. I think that this year was the end of them between Tears of the Kingdom, Fire Emblem, Pikmin. I don't think you get any more big first-party titles on the Switch. Mario Wonder, I think this year was the last year for that. I think 2024 could just be the year of the year of the remaster, year of the port. Stuff that Nintendo can do that won't cost them a lot of overhead, but that they can mm-hmm. flip for some software sales. So do you think it stops at just Mario guys? Or do you think we see a Pokemon, Zelda? Do you think we see other series get this treatment? So I think I think they're going to release a new console this this coming yeah. year because it's going to be what eight years this coming March since uh, seven one, seven years yeah. seven years that's a long that's a long time yeah. especially since they didn't expect the Switch to do this well um, yeah it was supposed like to just be a filler like, right like it was supposed to just fill yeah. up the second half of the content of the uh console cycle well you gotta like you gotta think about it like you know there ain't no damn way they're making a next gen pokemon or a next gen mario or a next gen zelda on this console right no yeah i i think definitely not i this is like this is a crazy thing i'm thinking right um so i've been seeing like a couple patents and stuff like that and you can't you have to take those with a grain of salt 
you know? Because companies patent everything. Right. Well, the thing is, it's like, it's like, man, dude, it would be kind of cool. Because, like, I think Nintendo, what they're going to do is that since they're so high up and successful right now, I think that's usually when they try something different, right? Like, the Wii was so good, they went to the Wii U, and that kind of fucked them up, right? But if they could do something like the Switch, like, if like they could keep that momentum with the Switch, but do something different and have it work out, I think that would be insane, right? Because, I don't know, I think Nintendo's always been very, like, like, they loved the DS, like, they loved the DS, they loved the 3DS, they made the 3DS XL, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I could see them doing some type of, like, double screen. Um, I don't know if that would, like, be feasible, but all I know is that the next console is going to be really powerful. I think everything that Nintendo's been doing now to, like, push them forward and do things different, we're going to see, like, a way we haven't before with their new console. Uh, I think Metroid Prime 4 is going to come out on the newest switch and it's going to be fucking gorgeous so um, do you guys but, think that's oh, what they do you think that's what they're going to end up doing guys do you think we get the quote-unquote switch pro the powerful switch you know the is that what they're going to do or do you think they go for a whole new direction because i always wondered like what's the move here right do they go switch pro a leveled up switch or do they turn the switch into its own thing and then try to release a powerful console to compete? Like, what is the move? If you're Nintendo, what's your move yeah. here? Because if you I make the Switch I... Pro, it's not going to sell as well as the Switch. Look at the 3DS no. to the DS. Yeah. Like, no matter what, I, if you yeah. make a Switch Pro, it will not outsell its predecessor. No matter well, what. Well, I think, there, I think there, there could be a possibility that they're doing something that we're not even thinking of. Because um, Doug Bowser and then the president of Japan for Nintendo also said that they have plans for a smooth transition to link your Nintendo account to your new, to the next system. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that could mean a couple things, right? Like you don't want to shoot, you don't want to shoot the gun. That could mean it has backwards compatibility. That could mean just like a more powerful switch. That can mean like a whole new console, but like everything that's in your account, it could have the same type of eShop. Like, I don't know what that means, but I am hopeful that whatever they end up doing for their next system, whatever it may be, that everything we have now is going to work out well. It's not like we're going to have to, like, start from scratch like we did with some some uh, accounts. What do you think, Kokiri? You know, you know, I agree, like, with, with Tree, what Tree's saying, you know, like, it honestly at this point you know in terms of sales like it could really be anything you know like it could be like a new console or something like maybe like like a bit like a new model of a switch like with more gigabytes or stuff like that you know but honestly you know like if they were to make a switch pro you know it's like that what we were all saying you know it's definitely is not gonna sell well you know because it's something like you know like wait we want to see something new to the table pretty much though so i'm thinking like you know nintendo should just like you know continue playing ball and like give us like a new console like something that you know something that like maybe like make it like another console that like you know people can still continue continue to take on the go you know because like that really changed a lot like when we had like you know like the game boy like ds and 3ds Mm. and the switch you know it's like 
being able to take our games to play on the go and like that's what increased on sales is like you know you know because sometimes you know like with home console you know like oh we just can't just like take them on a plane and like play them you know like it's like you know everybody just wants to be like playing them like on the go you know because that's what everybody does in this generation now is like we're all just doing something on the go at this point so like honestly i'm definitely am like like digging into like a new like a newer model though like but like this this coming year i feel like it's just going to be like remakes and like ports and stuff like that like definitely around the ed the edges of like the switches like end cycle dude kokiri when you were saying about like just the switch being on the go it's like you kind of think about how Nintendo can make that better, right? And it's like one obvious way is like, yeah, you can make better graphics for your system, better battery, whatever. Yeah. But what if you had a Switch where you didn't need the dock? Like, think about how big of a game changer that would be. It's like taking your Switch on the go, but even easier. So how do, you, would... how do you project it on the screen? Is it just straight up Bluetooth or like screen share the way you would your, your smartphone? Well, you could just plug it straight into the console. Yeah, Instead you can do something like do something like that, you know, like mm. something something similar like that, like maybe like with Bluetooth or or something though. But but honestly, like taking a system on the go, like as Tree was saying, you know, like not having to like use the dock. Well, I think the big a big part of it, you know, what you guys have been getting at is they have to look unless Nintendo is going to try and go back to their GameCube days and build up hardware that can compete with Sony and Microsoft. The most important thing they have to preserve is the ability to be on the go. Because, you know, it's not just a matter of life being more busy these days and everyone having a smartphone and being on the go. You know, you have to consider the Japanese market where, you know, for the average salaryman, you don't really have a lot of time to play a console at home. You know, culturally, most of your day is spent out of your living space as opposed to here in the West where most of your day is spent in your living space. Um I think the portability has got to be primary, and yeah, you know, you know, I'm going seeing a little bit of the the chat going back and forth and mentioning it. It's like when Nintendo does a sequel to their console, it never goes well, right? The Wii U flopped, 3DS sold a fraction of the DS. These sequel consoles historically just don't do well. So getting mm -hmm. back to that, I I can't really see them just doing like. Here's the Switch Pro. Unless mm. they had some kind of marketing plan where it's like third time's the charm, this time we're going to nail it, this time it's going to work. Well, and if that's I've, the case, yeah. it's going to mean here, put it this way if you get a Switch Pro, you can kiss backwards compatibility goodbye. Because that's what the mm -hmm. Wii U had backwards compatibility to the Wii. So people are like, eh, don't really need a Wii U. That's what the 3DS well, had. Backwards yeah. compatibility to the DS. People are like, eh, don't really need a 3DS. I the got only time, the only time Nintendo made a uh, like a sequel console that worked, I feel like was the new Nintendo 3DS, right? Like mm -hmm. it was the same exact thing, but it could play it could play games that the regular 3DS couldn't. And that's something I'd like to see with their next console. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they would even do that, but I thought it was great because everything you had was already there. But they can make it to where like the graphics looked better on the games, and it was like just as an exclusive thing for that system. They would make some games. I just, I just don't see them doing it. I mean, look they, at, they look, won't. Look yeah. at how many yeah. copies Mario Kart Eight Deluxe sold, and that's the port yeah. of a Wii U game. 
They know that if they launch a new system, you're going to buy Mario Kart. That's just one of their layups. Exactly. That if they make a new system, you're going to buy Mario Kart again. I don't see them making a system where your Mario Kart is going to work. They're going to they're gonna try yeah. and get you at the door and be like, nope, new console, new Mario Kart. You're paying for it. So I think if yeah, we do get the, Go ahead. All you. And I was gonna say I was gonna say add on tonight, and that's exactly what they're doing with this new booster pack DLC, you know, because we're still getting like new tracks and new characters for yeah. the DLC, which of course, you know, that's coming out, you know, next week from today, the the new stuff, and that's where they're gonna drop the line wick with because like from there on, you know, Mario Kart is done for the Switch, you know, because they're not adding in new characters or like new tracks, you know, they already did like all those waves and stuff like that. So we're done. And like at this point, you know, like fans are now going to be wanting like, like another new Mario Kart game to like come out at some point. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't want Nintendo to go too crazy with creativity. I know yeah. that sounds bad and selfish, but it's like, you can, you can kind of understand that the president of Nintendo of Japan understands the Western market respectfully more than like they have in the past. And I just, I get scared, like, we'll get another Wii U that happened after the success of the Wii. Uh, you know? And again, I, I don't, I actually have a little faith they wouldn't do it this time. Because I think, I think yeah. they only have two options. I think their only two options are you launch a more powerful Switch, the Switch Pro, but you don't do backwards compatibility. At launch, you have an Animal Crossing game ready to go and a Mario game ready to go. You do that with a Switch Pro, no backwards compatibility. It sells and it's huge. Now, please don't get my words wow. twisted. I would love a Switch Pro with backwards compatibility. I just don't see a world where that exists you because that would be Nintendo shooting their sales in the foot. Just shooting it in the foot and making the same mistake they made with the Wii Wii U DS 3DS. So that's option one. Option B is for them to make like a beefy home console this way they can just keep selling you switches they can just keep making switch software because now they have their beefy home console and then they have the switch which kind of replaces the ds in a way like spiritually i don't see them doing option b i think option one's more likely yeah, but i can't imagine I so them too. doing anything different than that i just don't think that i mean they're not they're not going to go away from the portable handheld now I don't I don't see them well, making like a beefy home console. But that's what all. I'm saying. It's like if they did the beefy home console, it's because the Switch is just gonna keep going. You know what I mean? I think the Switch mm. games, if they make the beefy home console, that means the Switch has basically just been granted a new life. Like, oh, yeah. you know, there's no longer the pressure for the Switch to be the home console and carry the Zelda titles. Right. Now the Switch can be this indie developer machine. We can launch you know, Pokemon games can come out on it, things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But I Let but me ask yeah, you guys something. All right. I was just gonna say I don't see them doing that. I, I do see I do think Switch Pro not backwards compatible is probably the best bet. What do you guys think about those uh leaks that like the Switch was shown at some game it was some was what was it? Was it an E three not E three, um one of the showcases. Some, yeah, big some big showcase they were showing off like a new might have been some Tokyo type game show. Something mm. like that. Um I I think the dev kits are out there. How true all yeah. these leaks are, I don't know, but I think the dev well, kits are out there. Well, just that particular one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think there's credence to it because I again, like I said, I think the dev kits are out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the dev. Kits I think. Are th- out. I think that. I think that shit's real for sure. Well, they mm-hmm. give themselves up because it's like, what first party title for the Switch are they teasing right now that would require top of the line hardware? Like we've been over all the Mario games that are coming out, mm-hmm. Thousand Year Door, but like. There's no Zelda game we're waiting for. There's no Xenoblade game we're waiting for. There's no, there's none of those big heavy hitters that require top of the line hardware. So to me, that signals they're getting ready for the next thing. Those dev kits are ready. Right. If there is a next gen Zelda, it's being worked on right now. Oh, yep. for sure. Yeah, yeah it, dude, you know. it's it's just crazy because like the last direct we got from Nintendo, it just felt like a okay, we're like. We're at the end of our life cycle, for sure. Type fives is what I got. I don't know if you guys felt the same at all about that. I felt, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah, mm. I kind of felt it too. Like, and honestly, you know, it was kind of like, as we were talking earlier, it was kind of like, it could be a, a little major get, dead giveaway. And of course, when they like, when Nintendo just announced out of the ball, they're saying like, oh, you know, like Charles Martinet is going to be retiring from voicing Mario. So like that kind of like says a lot right there and this is going to be like a new generation of like nintendo especially for like with mario without without charles actually bringing a character that he's that he's brought to life for so many years since since mario 64 yeah i mean it all signals a new era and how far that goes remains to be seen but we have hit the one hour mark which means we can open this up wide to the chat um josh z a sage lodge says nintendo account is as far as backward compatibility will go. And I think he's 100% right. I think you can expect all the Nintendo Switch Online stuff to remain. Like, you can keep your N64 emulator and stuff like that. But I I don't... You know why? Because, like, dude, they're going to sell you Breath of the Wild 4K, right? You can't play your yeah. Breath of the Wild Switch game on the new. They're console. gonna make. They're gonna make you pay. But yeah. you can, you can buy Breath of the Wild in 4K. They're, and I buy the it. App- That's the yeah. thing. Right, dude. They're they're the Apple of gaming, bro. They they also do some shit where it's like they create problems and they make you pay for the solution, right? And that's exactly what they're gonna do too. Pokemon's pretty good at that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like, oh yeah, yeah. You I want your Pokemon? Pokemon? Well, you're gonna have to pay if you want your childhood back. Keep them here <laughs> and uh, Pokemon Bank. We might. Yeah, keep and them like usually, like you know, know like do like Game Freak usually like drop something every every year for like Pokemon. That's why they have like Pokemon Present and so, like. You know, they always have something planned going on for like Pokemon Day. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there's always going to be something new for Pokemon, like whether it be like in a home console or it's like, oh, here's Pokemon Sleep on phone games. <laughs> Man, I'm still playing Sleep to this day, though. So many hours put in. Hey, I <laughs> mean, uh, do you find it's helping you sleep? It really is, you know, it really is. Like, I enjoy like, setting an alarm like i would usually do to wake up in the morning but then just like waking up saying like oh look here's a shiny here's a regular pokemon i could just catch and like give it biscuits to and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty fun i mean it kind of gets a little bit tired afterwards but it's a, it's a pretty solid experience kevin ribero says give it some time there's going to be a nintendo console that lets you play your games and watch their movies i i think that's the new vision right it's like it's not only a console for your video games, like Nintendo Switch Online, you're gonna have like a library, right? There's gonna be a, like, how do I put this? It's like, imagine 
Xbox Game Pass and Netflix rolled into one. I think that's the long-term vision for Nintendo Switch Online is to be your Xbox Game Pass and your Netflix account. I really well, they're think turning so. into they're turning into a um, entertainment company now, not just a video game company. Correct. Yeah, that's the thing. Livid Sid, shout out to her, says, "Just give me my GameCube emulator, please." That's they'll a- make you pay. But honestly, but that's the trap. Like, I'm someone I love the GameCube era. I think the GameCube is Nintendo's best console, but it's also the console that ruined Nintendo in some ways. Yeah. Not overall, because if you look at the GameCube, it is all first party content. Banger after banger after banger. You got two Star yep. Fox games. You've got two Zelda games. You've got a bunch of Mario games. You've got Melee! Games. <laughs> yeah. You've got Kirby games. You've got Kirby Air Ride. It was a first party bonanza. Yeah. And they came Gang- in Yankee last. Got a massive library. And they came mm. in dead last in the console war. And then they made the mm. Wii which had like no first party content, but was one of the best selling consoles of all time. It's backwards compatible. Yep. Too. It's backwards compatible. Um, it was backwards compatible. Oh, that kind of pokes a hole in what I was saying before. Yeah, I waited for the right time to bring it back up. Yeah, I <laughs> Now you're fine. <laughs> no, no, first my GameCube has three Zelda games because there's four Sword Adventures. It That's was, true. It was just a... Are we counting Twilight Princess? Yeah, Wind yeah, Waker, Twilight, Twilight oh, okay. Four Swords. Four Swords. Wind Waker. <laughs> but dude, shut up, dude. Wind Waker. So I'm just crazy. kidding. Wind Waker are, you, so are you trying to make me out? You shut up. Angry? Out of my show. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Oh my goodness. But geez, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked the Wii because the Wii had a lot of cool features. But like, oh, yeah. it just, it lacked. The first party support the GameCube had. And we've not seen first party support like that since. Although the Switch is a close second. I will say the Switch has been really good for first party content. The thing is, there's just bigger games in town. Xenoblade, Bayonetta, Mm. Pikmin, Animal Crossing. So it's just, it's a different time, man. It's a different time. Mm. I kind of think three, I think, I think. 3DS might be my favorite. Actually. The 3DS. Well, 3DS is another yeah. one that's a wealth of like for not just first party content, but third party content too. Yeah, man. It's like you got Xenoblade on there, you got Smash Bros on there, like just so many like fire like Fire Emblem's on there, like so many games, like the li- that library's history, that was portable. Like Nintendo's always killed handhelds in the best way possible. And it's like that's why the Switch I feel like has done so well too cuz like they've just mastered that all mm-hmm. i want whatever it is if we get a new if we get a new like switch switch 2 or something like it but it's called something else and it's a new console i just want i just want a d-pad on the left joy con that's all i want i don't want those arrows i want i want a nice clean pro pro d-pad like on the switch light i'm with you, know you. What I'm saying yeah that's all that's all i want that's it so did you count Ocarina of Time Master Quest and Collector's Edition for the GameCube too? I did not 
Because they, okay. <laughs> oh. but that's what I'm saying. Not only that, you know what else the GameCube was good for? It was like it was like Sonic Second Chance. It's like Mario beat him in the beat him in the console war and was like, "Bro, come put your games on my system." And we got wow. Adventure Two Battle like after the Dreamcast crashed. Like the GameCube was like the lifeboat of the Dreamcast. Like everything that failed that's on Dreamcast yeah, was given is. to GameCube, and like. Oh my lord! Like I just remember seeing Sonic yeah. on a Nintendo console and being like, "Oh my god, we're in the future!" Like it's happening. Yeah, crazy. It's stuff. crazy. It was the best of Dude. times. It was the worst of times. Worst of times. Rocks thirteen prod is here. What's going on? Uh, Theo Wayne says we was hands down the best console, but I'm also getting old at this point, so I'm biased. The Wii was great because I think it introduced a lot of people to gaming that otherwise didn't know casual gaming was a thing. Also, I think the Wii was really like the first console to be like your entertainment hub. Like you could watch YouTube on it. You could watch old yep. school Netflix on it. I still get I still get my news from the the news we channel. The news we channel, you your weather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The oh only God. reliable source when Not it comes to <laughs> Not only that, like you could download tons of retro games on your Wii too. Oh like, that yeah, was a man. cool thing. That's that's how I played Ocarina for the first time. Is yeah, because I got it on there. It's crazy. good stuff. Good stuff. Oh yeah. Josh Z says, "Did you guys hear Sega wants to reestablish Sonic's rivalry with Mario?" Well, how are you I gonna did see that? How are you gonna do that? I did. Can we just cut the shit, bro? Can we just like? I thought they were cool. Now, can we just like? Yeah, it'd be way cooler if they had an actual platforming crossover. Right. Supersonic Maker, no. or that you know. Oh, I, I mean, and honestly, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, oh, wow. you no, know, that's actually a pretty. Slam good Can we just get like a Mario and Sonic platformer? <laughs> yeah. Let me cook. Oh, I cooked all right. Look at that. What's up, Kokiri? No, I was gonna say like, can we just get like a Mario and Sonic platformer though? That's I mean, what I'm it would saying. Just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, honestly, I I don't know about John, but like. You know, as much as, as they were good for the time being, but I'm kind of getting a little bit tired of the whole Olympic Games yes. kind of vibe. Yeah, no, True. we need new ideas for them to cross over. It can't just be a party game. That's too easy. It's a layup. It's got to be. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. Or at least let the yeah, Sonic the, the, characters into Mario Party. Just, like, make Sonic DLC. I'll do it. Yeah, exactly, you know, because, like, honestly, you know, we're getting we're getting kind of tired of the Olympic Games, you know, because, like, not that many people are, are like, buying them now, nowadays. Or whole, how, how cool would it be to see Mario run really fast and then Sonic jump through a bunch of pipes, <laughs> you know? I'm d I'm down for this this crossover. They've met oh, many, dude. many a time. Oh, what's the name of that movie? You could Freaky Friday, Mario and Sonic, where they switch <laughs> bodies? <laughs> And like, wouldn't that be so yeah. fucking funny? That's such a good idea. No, I was like, how do you run in these? Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Super, super, super Sonic Maker. Sounds pretty. I'd be into it. Pretty interesting. Christopher James. But you're right. You're, you're oh, so I was just right. gonna say, okay. Christopher James and F. Landy Lodge is the one on the top right. I'm over here. How are you? The Mario one's the bottom left. Dude, you see this a Mario and Sonic Warriors game? Where just like a bunch of Goombas and Botniks like coming at you. Oh, see, now we're talking. See that? That's an idea. That's Koi an idea. Uh, Koi Tecmo Games makes a Mario and Sonic Warriors game. 
Oh, that I would, would be lose awesome. It. That would, would go it. insane, though. Wow. I mean, heck, you know, Koi Tecmo, they've delivered with the original Hyrule Warriors in Age of Calamity. Yeah. Mm. Christopher James F says, do you think we'll get a new villain for the next Zelda game instead of just recycling Ganon again? I got to be honest. I want more Ganondorf. I don't mind recycling Ganondorf. I find, yeah. I, I actually have found Ganon to be quite boring. Like the, the villain Ganon, the, the old pig the demon. The pig, pig Ganon. I find Ganondorf <sighs> insanely compelling. And I think Tears yeah. of the Kingdom did a good job reintroducing him. Because he hasn't been in a mainline Zelda game. There's like a 15-year gap between Twilight Princess and Tears of the Kingdom. You know, so it was a long time. Since, so I think they did a good job reintroducing him. But I think he needs a game to really be fleshed out. Like when you really dig into Ganondorf, there's much more going on there than, oh, he's inheriting Demise's spirit. Like there's, there's a lot more going on there. There is a man who is the king of the Gerudo the 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 tribe of the desert of the and he is yet. jealous of the the kind winds and greenery of hyrule like he's he's just a man who feels like his people got a short the short end of the draw by ending up out in the desert where nothing grows and hyrule yeah. has this gifted land where crops grow and there's greenery and he's like why were my people sent out to the desert and the highlands yeah. got this rich land like I want to dive into that Ganondorf that Wind Waker. Yeah, like, shows, like you, know? you know, it's kind of funny when you were talking about that. That actually was discussed during the final boss fight in Wind Waker. When you do think about it, oh yeah, that actually was discussed, and that kind of went into deep. And honestly, you know, taking honestly, if I were to pick like a couple of other games like outside of Tears of the Kingdom to where Ganondorf was like perfectly well written and introduced, was definitely Ocarina of Time and wind waker oh yeah like twilight princess he was he was just there like honestly a lot of people thought like oh zant was like was like the new big shot the big kahuna in town and then he's like oh oh yeah no it's not me this you might want to go kill him over there so you know you're right ganondorf was much more of a twist in twilight princess i do think the ganondorf fight at the end of twilight princess is the best boss fight in the series except for maybe the final boss of Tears of the Kingdom, I got to let that age a little bit. I did love that boss fight. Um, I did too. Yeah, but like you're saying, I think his Ocarina and Wind Waker incarnations are so interesting. And I would love a game with the modern tech we have now and the voice acting to really give yep. Ganondorf a game. Because I think what the Breath of the mm. Wild Tears of the Kingdom era did really good was building Zelda. Like, it really, like yeah. this is she's probably my favorite Zelda is is the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom era Zelda, you know, save save for Ocarina Zelda. But I think the next saga should give Ganondorf the amount of character development Zelda got in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Give Ganondorf that kind of spotlight. Yeah, that I think that's what you got to do next. I don't think you got to mix it up. I, I think there are different villains in Zelda. Just to bring it back to the question, but I think there's still room for Ganondorf to steal the show. Mm. Um, Josh Z says the game everyone forgot about this year was Kirby and the Forgotten Land yeah that uh, was this year that was the best selling Kirby game I think it? so I think it Actually, was wait, yeah. wait was it wait wasn't Forgotten Land last year was it Maybe. last year 
Oh, uh, fact Or was it right at the start of this year? I thought it was last year too. Uh, yeah, I thought it was last year because um because it came out around the era when um when we all went to uh Cage Twenty. Oh. Last year. Oh yeah, this was March twenty twenty two. Oh, that was last okay. year. Yeah. Okay. Wind Waker was so peak, hundred percent mirror limit. You get it. Would you, Christopher James Edison, would you ever want actual demise to make a comeback in some way? No. That would be really that would be something now. Do you think so? Do you think so? Because I, I don't think so, because I just feel like Skyward Sword is such a perfect introduction for him. I think there's yeah. I just don't want him to be the villain again. Cause I think it ruins Skyward yeah. Sword if he comes back. It it really would, but it also would kind of would kind of like Kind of like put the whole entire timeline in a big in a big massive mess, kind of because like you're saying like because like Skyward Sword was like the pinnacle of like introducing demise and like playing the cur- placing the curse on both the hero and the and the incarnation of the goddess Hylia, and then I'm saying like you know oh he's back again I'm like, <coughs> I'm like huh you know like like it does not mean I mean plus a lot of people to this day still say like. Like even like the Zelda timeline itself, like it's still like a like a huge mess in it, some it, ways. So, like, it some... is a mess. Yeah. Sven Gerudo san says, "I'd like a woman Gerudo to be the big bad after the royal family kills Ganondorf. That could be cool. Imagine a game where the royal family kills Ganondorf, but then like the female head of the tribe for the Gerudo." wants to commit like this taboo experiment to give Ganondorf like a new vessel. And instead of him just being like the demon King Ganondorf, it's actually like demon Dorf. Like she finds a way to summon Ganondorf back, but by completely like demonic and taboo means, I feel like that could be cool. That so would I, be interesting. That sorry. would be really interesting. No, you go ahead. Tree, you first. No, I was going to say, for you guys in chat, just like, because I know we were talking about like the next Switch and like it feels like an end of an era and stuff like that and games for this year. But do you guys have like a one favorite game that came from the Switch? Like your favorite game on that console? Like for you guys and people in chat. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, chat included. Favorite game on the mm-hmm. Switch? My yeah. favorite experience is Breath of the Wild. I don't think there's any topping mm-hmm. it. I think Tears of the Kingdom by the sum of its parts, is a better game to play. I like Breath of the Wild's story better, but I think Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom, some of its parts, is the better game. But Breath of the right. Wild was like, it was this experience of like, the game I never thought was possible is here. The the yeah. game that allows for open exploration that I never thought they could make is here. So I think Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild, for me, is probably my favorite experience on the switch just because not only was it a great game it was so game changing um but what about you guys i wanted to say for me um i'm definitely gonna go with two games on this one that would be tears of the kingdom and super mario oh my god we lost odyssey honestly odyssey like you know because yeah yeah because like you know it's been a long time since we've had like a 3d Mario games is like, you know, since since 3D Land came out on the 3DS and then we had 3D World, but like but like with Nintendo like being able to go play ball and like, oh, you know, we're going to give fans what we wanted for those who grew up with the N64 and with the GameCube like for us who loved like Sunshine 
and Mario 64 and just, you know, yeah. a little bit of sprinkle of Galaxy. You know, we're going to give you what we want and like, you know, an open sandbox for you to explore. And that's what, you know, with Odyssey, like, you know, delivered so perfectly well, you know, and now like, now like here, you know, everybody's all asking, you know, like now that we got a new 2D Mario game, when like a lot of people are hoping that the next console is going to be like the new launch title is going to be a 3D Mario game now. You're right though, Kokiri. It is it, Odyssey. Odyssey is such a perfect mix of kind of everything. It is. Yeah, it's just like it's it's hard to think. It's like what? It's six years old now. Yeah, like it still feels brand new to me too. Yeah, exactly. You know, and even to this day, you know, you know, people are still playing Mario Odyssey to this very yeah. day. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I don't know about you guys, it's probably my favorite 3D Mario outside of Mario 64, but that has a lot of nostalgia power holding it up. But for me, Odyssey right. was like my favorite 3D Mario. I thought it was so good. Yeah. I, I love Odyssey, but to me, my my go, you know, if anybody knows me, my still go 3D Mario game, my third favorite game of all time is still Galaxy 1, without a doubt. There's just so much yeah. memories Classic. there. Classic. Classic. Like, yeah i love the first galaxy one dude hearing the sounds from the wii remote and stuff like mm -hmm. that too it's just like it's so yeah something about galaxy because i remember that was the first mario game that ever had an orchestrated piece in it it is that, is that, that is shit, correct yeah i was like what the fuck like i was like i'm having so much fun but well what about you my Trey? favorite what's switch? your what's your favorite mine's mine smash ultimate smash. Sure. Smash. Smash. I was, yeah. smash honestly i couldn't yeah. guess that one it's okay it's <laughs> it's it's pro i mean it's definitely like my favorite game of all time ultimate i think so so I mean, uh and i guess this is my question for you we're almost at an hour and a half but tree what do they do about smash how do you make another smash dude how do you do it how do you do it Nintendo gets you on the phone and they say, we like you, kid. What do we do for the next Smash? You have their ear. Oh, what are gosh. you telling them? Oh, oh, that's pressure. I don't know if I can do that. It, I think that whatever they do, like, they, they need to get, they need to get Sakurai for it. Because the thing is, if you look in the past, every Smash game, even with Brawl, was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to top that game off. And then for 3DS and Wii U, I don't know how I'm going to top that game off. Then for Ultimate, it's like, oh, I don't know what we can do. We went too crazy. We went too ham. But it's like, dude, he he is like the series. Um, and I know people complain about like the game. It's just because they're not good. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think what they should do, and I know this sounds really basic, they should really just, they should just pull, they should pull a Mario Kart on it. And they don't necessarily have to have like, this is the thing, they oh, don't I have see. to do a lot. They don't, they don't have to do a lot to make a lot of money, right? We don't need new characters. We don't need new stages. What would be something that would make people pay, right? A port. A port's that. It can be that simple if they wanted to do that, right? But the thing is, it's like, 
if they had some type of better online capability for Smash, I mean, that would be rollback netcode itself. Rollback, yeah, the even if it's phrase. not rollback. Yeah, just, yeah, the golden phrase. It's like, Nickelodeon's all-stars, ah! You know, but it's like, I don't, I just like, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cool you know um <laughs> but the the thing is it's like part of me would want a deluxe edition with like more content but i think they're gonna start from square one because smash ultimate has such a solid ending like it feels so complete and finished mm-hmm. and if you don't realize this in japan it's called smash bros special edition not ultimate edition ultimate or special edition meaning they ended up having all of the characters um i don't think they're gonna have as nearly as much characters as the next game they're definitely not gonna have like as much third parties to what i think but also dude it's like it's like everyone's here like it's on the best-selling almost the best-selling console of all time they can't i don't know if they can really afford to get rid of characters so all all i want is a port all i want is to not bring my old ass switch with me right yeah that's all that's all i want um but i think they're either going to make a brand new game with new mechanics because when they were developing smash ultimate sakurai also talked about the capability of doing aerial smash attacks Mm. which is like like you jump up in the air you hold smash special attack for a long time and then you do it like i think you can tell with the dlc fighters they were implementing new new mechanics and new new mechanics And the whole game just from a character, which is pretty crazy. And I think they could really push that more if they made a new game. But, um, you know, dude, it's just, it's like Ultimate so perfect. It's like, I, I, I don't really want a new Smash game at all. I think this one's like, like the meta's still changing. Like, people who are on top are losing. Like, it's just, it keeps it's, evolving. The game is alive. That's the thing. It's not, there's... Right now, there's no need for it because people are still playing the game. It's still a popular game. Yeah. There's still tournaments happening all over. You and know, the tournaments I, aren't going to die. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's the whole thing with the whole Much licensing. Much Nintendo chagrin. That's a whole, that's a whole other podcast is, is that. But I do, th- I do think that they should take the deluxe edition route. Um, Sakurai even said he can't see them making a Smash game without him, which is crazy. Because even in Ultimate, they tried getting someone else, but they couldn't do a good job, so they got Sakurai again. Yo, it um, sucks to be that guy. What's up? It sucks to be that guy. You got, like, the best job in the world. You got to be the new Smash guy. And you were so bad, they went crying to the old guy. Well, dude, you got to think about it. I If I were that guy, and they, they saw my work, and they didn't like it, and they got Sakurai, I would be kind of thankful. Because I wouldn't want, like... I wouldn't want to be on my high horse and think I could handle it. Because I don't think anyone preps... Like, no one is prepped to make a game like Kingdom Hearts, a collaboration like that, and no one is prepped to make a collaboration like Smash, like Sakurai, you know? You like, know, you could kind of think about it like that. It, it, you know, it comes down to, you know, when you have an artist who's running the show, when it's a Nomura, when it's a Sakurai, when it's a... uh uh Kojima, when it's a, mm-hmm. you know, when it's any one of these guys who have a unique voice that just can't be replicated, mm-hmm. it creates a lot of problems when you remove that guy from the equation. 
You know, oh, I'm easy, sure they're yeah. going to remaster Metal Gear Solid games down <coughs> to infinitum. But you watch how much trouble they have making a new one without Kojima. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Cornflake says, I'd rather work for Sakurai than take over for Sakurai. Yeah. Dude, I wouldn't want yeah. those shoes, man. No, I no. would not. It, it want would it. not be the same without Sakurai. Smash. No. No, it would be it'd be Nickelodeon All Stars 3. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bill Wayne says they could just do a new Smash by focusing more on the story and less about new characters. I think so. I think the reason why you've seen Smash move away from its one player mode because it wants to be taken seriously as a fighting game. Like, that's where all the money and the attention and the love has gone to is how do we make this the best fighting game we can? And Tree, like you said, you see it with a lot of the DLC characters and these new mechanics they added. You know, it really... I think Brawl was a very unique window in the Smash time. It was. And I think Subspace and Mystery will forever be one of the best things Nintendo ever makes. I don't think Smash Mm. goes back there. I think when the new Smash does get here, I think the key is just first-party content. First-party characters. Put Waluigi. You know why they they yeah, didn't do that anymore at the subspace? Shoot. Sakurai said Sakurai said he'd never do anything like subspace emissary ever again because it got leaked like crazy back in the really? day for the Wii. Yeah, that's why he said he'll never do it again. Um, but well, that's that, the. Well, that's, but that's why we a, got World of Light. Yeah, well, it's that's why we got that, but it's also like that's that's such a tricky thing now, man, because it's like. I don't want to say consequences, but Smash Ultimate has opened up so many doors people weren't even thinking that you can't really go back from that. Like, it's kind of hard to imagine a Smash Bros. without a third-party character or without a lot of right. like Ultimate does, mm-hmm. right? Because that's how you get people... That's how you get people into the franchises, too. Like, think about all the people who started playing Kingdom Hearts because Sora got into Smash, or all the people who, like... You know, they're like, oh, Fire Emblem, Roy and Marth. I've never heard of them in Melee before. Like, let me check them out. And now mm-hmm. it's like one of the biggest Nintendo IPs. I think I think their only option is to kind of go more ham with whatever they do next. I just don't know how and I don't know who they're going to include. So um, I just I hope they just port it and like keep it alive for a long time. I think you could expect to see it for a long time just because, again, people are still yeah. playing it. You know what I mean? It's a system seller, though, man. It's, it's well, tricky, too. Well, that's why I think, if anything, what you might get... I really think you might get a new season of DLC on a new console. They might do that. Yeah. But I think that, the, you know, I see a lot of people in the chat talking about a story mode in Smash. The reason why you're not going to see it is because the yeah. reason why Subspace happened was because 99% of the roster was Nintendo. And then, like, the mm-hmm. one third-party character was Sonic at the end, who already had a very cozy relationship with Nintendo. I think right. a lot of these... Here's the thing, right? Look at Nomura. Great example. He will sign off on letting you use Cloud, Sephiroth, and Sora, but the second you want to put them in a story, <clears throat> you can guarantee he's going to be a <clears throat> 10 times the pain in the ass he was for the moveset. Yeah. If you want to put all these third-party characters inside of some kind of narrative, that makes the whole le- like legality of it 
way more complicated, way more complex. The permissions right. you have to get are exponential. I think the reason why mm. Subspace happened was because Nintendo didn't have to ask anybody. And they saved Sonic for the final scene. Like, mm. he wasn't in Subspace until the last moment. Probably because of yeah. the amount of copyright that had to go through if they were going to put him in the story of some part. Well, that's a great point because... So even when they were going through and developing Smash Ultimate, the way that Snake, you know, he does that like chokehold and lays the person down. <clears throat> not only did they have to get approval from the copyright of um, of Snake, but they had to ask every single character's IP and see if the permission for that move was appropriate or not. Basically, and guess are you what? okay with Square, your IP appearing next right. to this IP? And Square, Disney, and Nomura had to check how Sora looked when he was getting chokeholded by Snake. It's like little things like that mm -hmm. that go so far over people's head because it's like we don't realize it because it's just so good. Like everything just feels so well put together. But like little details like that, you have to ask like all those 30 IPs in the game so and that's a lot of like work even that's a lot of work and it's even like from a copyright standpoint i don't know if it's even going to be easy to port over that game or not too like you look at games like i think it was gta 4 or 5 whenever they make those remakes some of the remakes and some of the ports don't have the same music because they couldn't get the licensing right and it's like with the game like smash it's it's a legal nightmare, bro. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic though. I think whatever they do, I just I just want Sora in it. I really don't yeah, care. Yeah, we all want Sora. Yeah, exactly. We just I, we just all want him in that game, and that's it. And and you know Cynthia from Pokemon too. But but she you see, like the right game. there, you see what you just did right there. That's the key. That's the key. Mm -hmm. You really dig into the first parties and pull out some fan favorites. Like, yeah. it's not just Pokemon Trainer, mm -hmm. it's Cynthia. Cynthia. And people yeah, are like, exactly. whoa. And now right. Luigi's in the game, and people are like, yeah. Which I know. That, you know, Sakurai won't fucking do it. That's, I, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't get it. That's, that's just so crazy. <laughs> it would be awesome. Uh, it would man. be awesome. All right, we are coming up on an hour and 35. Um. I guess before anything in the chat stands out at us before we wrap up, was there anything about Nintendo's 2023 and incoming 24 that we talked about today that you guys wanted to touch on? Was there anything? Uh, I think we cover mostly a lot of stuff, like with Tears of the Kingdom, like all the Mario games we talked about, Pikmin 4, you know. We pretty much covered a lot, mostly, like, especially, like, what we got for, in terms of, like, a lineup for 2024, like, mostly what it looks like for now, mostly. It's Mario games. Yeah, I see yeah. Cornflakes has been bringing up Xenoblade a lot. Um, I feel like I've let down the Xenoblade fans. I did not bring a Xenoblade fan into this chat, into this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But I for real, I've been on the edge of Xenoblade. Xenoblade's one of the ones I'm like on the edge of. You know what I mean? It's one of those yeah. franchises where I'm like, 
I'm like looking over constantly, like what's going on over here? And then right. I saw, I, I won't say who at risk of spoilers, but I do see there is a character who's pulling a Genghis Khan out there in the world of Xenoblade. And I'm very proud mm. of them. Um, see, we got a sad face of cornflakes. I didn't bring any so, Xenoblade fans. Maybe I'll be your Xenoblade fan one day. So I got, cause I know, I know we're getting tight on time. So I have two quick things. Oh, we're good. We're good. One. We're good. Okay. So the first one is what do you think the next Nintendo movie is going to be? Do you think it's going to be related to Mario or not? And number two, where do you guys see Animal Crossing in the future? Oh, I love this question. I love this question. So one, one. the next movie is absolutely a Mario movie. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of pre-built assets already made. Hype is already there. Very DK movie? Could be a DK movie, but honestly... I, I think the DK movie's further away than we think. I, I don't think he has as much star yeah. power as people think. I mean, when's the last time we yeah. even got a Donkey Kong game, let alone a movie? Now. Exactly. True. Going into <laughs> Animal Crossing. Animal yeah. Crossing will be a launch. T- this is my guess. Will be a launch title on the Switch Pro. Animal Crossing has such a huge audience. And there are yeah. people, we all know them. No disrespect, no shade. They're gamers just like you and me. But we know people who the only reason they have their Switch is because of Animal Crossing. That is a powerful market to tap into. And if Mm, Nintendo can launch Animal Crossing with a Mario game, then with Mario, they get all the diehards like the three of us to buy. And with Animal Crossing, they get casuals and diehards. It's just the perfect lineup. I think Animal Crossing is so big in nintendo's future i think it's oh yeah if, when i look at their list yeah. of ips it's second only to mario uh, Dude, a movie crossing, or show would be kind of crazy movie or that show would be crazy and they could pull it yeah. off but at this point animal crossing is bigger than zelda like yeah. no it, no it kind of is true it is it you is. know and it's kind of the one thing that people do tend to forget about is that um and this was only released in japan but animal crossing actually did have a movie back then back oh, in the day really? yeah animal crossing did have a movie it was based off of wild world but but um i don't ah. remember what the name of it is called i think somebody here in chat might know what it is y'all probably really? might know what i'm talking about but but there is a movie but there is a movie but and it only came into japan and never came anywhere else like you know it's been dubbed like on youtube you know by the fans Whoa. themselves that's crazy I have to oh, check that out. This is. This I didn't is know there was a fandom Damn. out there. I'll have to check yeah. that out. Um, yeah, there was a. I used to see it a long time ago, but uh, but yeah, there is legit a movie out there for Animal Crossing. Well, good. I, I, I think it's one of the. Look, I love Animal Crossing. I've been playing since GameCube. I, I genuinely same, love bro. I still have my my copy. I yeah. still have it. I hope they keep it up. Uh, Josh Z is. Oh, go ahead, Tree. Go ahead, Tree. Is that the one? Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yo, why does that look so good? That looks so good. That looks so good. But wow. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yo, Tree, send me, send me that link. Send me that missing link, bro. <laughs> send me that missing I've link. I've never seen that. <laughs> dude, Hopper's that my boy, dude. Hopper's my boy. <laughs> Here, I got you. I'll send it to you. All right, a lot of the love. Everybody link. in the chat, please give some love to Josh C., who's thrown another $5 super chat at us, says people Woo! think Nintendo... Oh, that's a lot of love. Thank you, Kokiri. He deserves it. 
Josh says, people think Nintendo is strict about copyright because they hate their fans, but they only want to protect their trademarks. Yeah, look, it's a it's a nuanced deal with Nintendo. I think there's a degree to their practices that are completely acceptable and completely understandable when it comes to protecting their IP. But I think they go too far. I think they go way too far to the point that like content creators are hesitant to make content just because the possibility gets taken down, copyright claimed, muted. It just you're playing with fire anytime you touch a Nintendo product as a creator. Now that's just that's just the small world of content creation. That's a small fraction of the fan base. But then you think about all these people who they want to do Smash tournaments. They want to celebrate the game you made them. And they're going out of their way to shut it down. Now, again, there are things Nintendo does protecting their copyright that are perfectly acceptable. I just think my yeah. opinion is they just go too far, but they're always acting within their legal bounds. Nintendo's never pulling a Disney and changing the rules of the game, you know, by lobbying through Congress. You know, I'm sure Nintendo has their dealings with the Yakuza over in Japan. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, Everything they do, they kind of have the legal bounds to do it. And we also have to understand here in the West, our idea of creative freedom is very different than what goes on in the East. You know? Yeah. And in the East, they look at content creators and are like, how are they able to make money off that? They're showing clips of something that isn't even their work. And we could debate whether or not that's right or wrong. But this guy's allowed that, to mod his, his console, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, why is this crazy. guy allowed to mod like, his there's console? So, yeah. like, like, we, like, people making money in America for Smash tournaments is so obscure to people in Japan. It's yeah. like, it's, it, it's, they literally it's go, not, how but is they, that not but they're, but, but exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. So, like, that, because that's why a lot of, uh, like, people from Japan come over here for tournaments because like what well, we have big prize pools and stuff like that because they consider it gambling mm -hmm. over there too like anything so they're i think they're trying to bring that like the rule set for tournaments over here as well because they're making these licenses come out and it's like a whole yeah. it's a whole weird thing with like nintendo japan and europe and america it's just like the rules they set it's like we're just gonna wait and see what happens but yeah it's it's i mean it's a totally different vibe too so like you're not allowed to mod your console over there and i'm over the here i'm over here you know playing as winnie the pooh in smash bros <laughs> saying oh dear you know throwing oh, piglet mommy. across the stage and this <laughs> my tummy is rumbly now you oh, know I'm very thick. <laughs> Can you say that again, please? Oh, yeah. I'm very, very thick. <laughs> why does that? Why does that? Why does that make uh, me think about Pooh and Sephiroth? The, the <laughs> curse. The cursed Twitter picture. Oh no! <laughs> that was that was so cursed. Oh god! Oh bother, Sephiroth. Oh god! What's worse, Nintendo copyright or Toei copyright? Oh god, Toei all day. Toei all day. Is worse than Nintendo. 
Kokira, I know you're still thinking about it. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to keep us moving. And you guys are making that extremely difficult for me. I think he's broken. <laughs> oh my god. No, Fawzi. My man. <gasps> Nelly! What's up, man? But I think you can, like... But I think there was someone, like... Like... But even then, it's like there are people going to jail for modding their Switch in Japan. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's illegal here, but like they, that, like that, that would not happen. I've been muted. I unmuted myself. We're good. Oh, how long were you muted for? Not very long. I, I was, I was oh, coughing okay. a little bit. Oh, but we're good, good now. <laughs> I honestly, the, the, the truth is, I purposely mute myself. So the chat blows up saying Landy's muted and it boosts me in the algorithm. Works every time. Works every time, oh. kids. Anyway. Anyway, what was, what was I saying? I forgot. Anyway. Modded switch. Modded switches. Yeah, dude, it's crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. What a stretch. Imagine going, going to jail after downloading the Winnie the Pooh mod. Can you imagine, like, what are you in for? I downloaded a Winnie the Pooh mod on my Nintendo Switch. So I was like, all right, this is my prison bitch now. He's here for Winnie the Pooh crimes. Right? That is, that is so true. Like, you would out yourself immediately. That, that, <laughs> like, anyone in Japan who's in jail for a modded Switch is a prison bitch. Make no mistake. <laughs> Why? That's so true. Landy, I would I would love to have your mind for one day, bro. Just you, one you day. Just to think like that. You couldn't handle it. It would drive you insane. Do you know how many years it took me to tame this brain? So many. So many. Man. Christopher James Neff says, don't drop the soap. Yeah, no. If you're a modder, don't drop the soap. Yeah, you'll get that honey. Yeah. You'll... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Princess Kyora says, hey, guys, what do you think of this possibility? Metroid Prime 4 being a launch title? Hi, Kai. Hi, Hello, Kai. Kai. I actually think that would be a huge mistake. I think that would be a huge mistake. Um, because I think Metroid's audience is more niche. And I think if you're going to try and sell Metroid Prime 4 after all these years, you got to launch it when there isn't another big story, right? If you launch it alongside a Mario game, it makes it so much less likely we play it, right? I, I assume everyone here is a casually into Metroid, you know, at most. And as someone yeah. who's casually into Metroid, if there's like a Mario game or an Animal Crossing game or another ip anywhere near that metroid prime game i'm not gonna play it but if you could release it at a time where it's like 
Like, imagine releasing Metroid Prime 4 six months after the Switch dropped. When you were done with Breath of the Wild, you were done with Mario, and you're like, what do I do? There's all these indie games that kind of suck, and I've already played yeah. Breath of the Wild for 300 hours. What do I do? That, to me, would be the best time to drop Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. You guys... oh, go ahead, Kokiri. I was going to bring up an example of like a weird timing. Like, for example, like, like honestly, you know, I know this is definitely not Nintendo, even though this game was on a Nintendo console, but it was kind of weird, like how both Sonic Superstars and Mario Wonder dropped on the same week. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a weird move, like to make and have two games, like even though mm-hmm. with one of them just being multi-platform. That's true. You guys want to hear a crazy story real quick? Go for it. Okay. So, so this was like, this was a, this was a while ago. This was maybe like, I don't know, like two, two years ago or something. I went on a date with this girl and she was telling me that she was a graphic designer. And I said, oh, that's awesome. Cool. Where do you work? She goes, I work at Retro Studios. And I said, you work at Retro Studios? She said, yeah. And I said, oh, and I said, I said, so I'm like a big nerd. And she starts laughing. She goes, are you going to ask about Metroid Prime 4? And I was like, did you come on? How did you know? Did you? You and she said, are you and she me? said, are you go ahead? And, go she, ahead. and she said, don't, it's okay. I fumbled the bag. And she told <laughs> She said, "Yeah, my friends always give me shit about it all the time." And I'm like, "As they should." So and I said, "So what do you say?" And she was like, she was like, "Well, I can't say anything." And I said, I said, "I understand. It's all good." She goes And she and she looks at me and says, "But you know, I work at Retro Studios." And I was like, yeah, she's gay. Yeah, she gave you the sauce. She gave you the sauce yeah, right yeah, there. She, she gave, gave me, it she gave, yeah. She gave she, you the yeah, sauce. She gave me the sauce. Right, you got a little she bit. You got a little bit of a right. scoop. You got a little bit of a yeah. scoop. Hey yo, big shout out to Bioroxis. Just rated us on Twitch. Oh, Party let's go 19. Bio. Let's go bio. Everybody's gotta check out Bio. He's playing Final Fantasy I mean, 13 too. Which underrated, bio. underrated, underrated. Anyway. Bio's the goat. The goat. That's because he's the goat. all right well on that note um i think it's oh my god nelly belly says that's why you date women you meet at burger king get out (laughs) (laughs) it's okay everyone has a type nelly it's okay tree likes them burger bitches that's his type (laughs) anyway Anyway, um, Burger King bitches aside, I think it's time we wrap this one up before it goes even further off the rails than it already has. Um, Tree, Kokiri, where can people find you? What can they expect from you? What do you do? Give us the scoop. Okay. Yeah, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter. You know, you know, if you love all things Zelda, you know, I'm your man. You know, I also, I also love some good Mario Kingdom Hearts. I'm also getting into... Final Fantasy for the first time, you know, definitely Ooh, leading into with Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going to start? Um. Well, I know a few years ago I did start with Seven Remake, and I and last year I did play Crisis Core. But in terms of outside of Seven, 
If you want to see somebody play 10 for the first time, let's go, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. HD remaster 10, by the way. Oh, yeah. Let's go. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be ready for it. What about you? Do you guys see that FF7 and FF8 like box Japan box? Yes, I want it. I want it. Dude, it's like, man, they got a. That was a physical release, wasn't it? Yep. That shit's cool, man. But but anyway, um, yeah, what's up, guys? My name's Treehouse. Hi. You know, past hour and a half, two hours. I don't know anymore. Um, you can find me on Twitch at Treehouse underscore TTV. Uh, same tag for Twitter, Instagram. I play a lot of Smash. Uh, if you dare to look at my Twitter, it's a lot of just spam Pokemon and Kingdom Hearts stuff. Um, but I have some really cool content I'm in the works for making, especially uh, Kingdom Hearts. So, uh, yeah, please make sure to check out my channels and i do some mod videos for smash bros involving a lot of kingdom hearts stuff and uh yeah it's a little bit about me well then ladies and gentlemen it's been real if you're hanging out with us on twitch please stick around for the raid we're gonna raid let's see who's hanging out who's hanging out we're gonna raid cynic i love raiding cynic Yes. I read him all the nice. time, but I can't help it. I can't help it. Also, real quick, Tree, you're getting called out saying that you also like Tara. Tree does love Tara. I love Tara. This is so I weird. Do love I'm already rating. Oh, Cynic. my Go bracelet's on. here. Violin sent my bracelet back. Oh, you actually Ooh. got it back? It's not you. You lies, lies. I'm no, I'll show. I'll show you. I'm not even gonna let him prove it on camera. He's a liar. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out. This was a great episode. Um, you know, it's good as much as I love talking Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy on the podcast. It was good to uh mix it up and talk a little Nintendo. Um, I yeah. do want to give Treehouse a chance to come back, but I also love the idea of ending the podcast before he could prove it to the audience. But anyway, thanks everybody for hanging out. We're out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>